Need some activities to do this weekend? We've got you covered. This is What's on Tap on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. So many things happening around yeah. our city. It's yeah. our chance to maybe give you some ideas of how you can make the most of what's going to be an Easter weekend. Uh, first up on tap, Disney's Frozen the Musical. The movie is now a Tony Award-nominated musical, Disney's Frozen, Magical, Snow-Filled, and of course, Song-Filled. Not only does it have all the songs that you know all the words to from the movie, <laughs> there are about 12 more on stage. Queen Elsa, Anna, Kristoff, Olaf, and Sven on stage. Uh, you know it. Let it go, let it go. You know the words of this song, don't you? Oh my gosh, yes. Doesn't everyone? <laughs> Matzik, you got two little girls at home. Are you a Frozen yeah, family? It, it was kind of a short phase with Frozen. Like they, they glommed on to Moana a little bit more than Frozen and Sing, which is a funny movie with animals singing like gorillas yeah. and lemurs and That's always funny. That's always a good time. <laughs> and they're big into Mario, so we're going to see the Mario movie tomorrow night. Oh, so good. it was kind of a short phase with uh, Frozen. And I think you're lucky. Yeah. It just I know that yeah, exactly. it can be short and intense, but yes. if you want to experience it, Disney's Frozen, the musical, April 6th through the 16th, and Milwaukee's Marcus Performing Arts Center, the Eli and Hall. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the answer is the Milwaukee Admirals. <laughs> it's Sendix's dog day at the Milwaukee Admirals hockey game. Tomorrow night, your four-legged friend is welcome. What could go wrong there? <laughs> You know what? This, this is, is their second one this year. Ooh, yeah, they've yeah. done it for 14 years mm-hmm. times. Yeah, so their dog day, it's back. And a portion of your dog's $5 mission benefits Haws, Humane Animal Welfare Society of Waukesha. And humans are not left out. The first 3,000 people in attendance get a bobblehead of Bender. Bender huh? is Yay. the sweet. Who's exactly. Bender? I thought it was Roscoe. Well, Roscoe is the sea dog, the mascot. But Bender is the Admiral's rink dog oh. that was adopted a couple years ago. Very I want to see dogs on ice skates. Yeah. <laughs> put skates on those dogs. Let's put skates on your corgis. It yeah. can happen. It can happen. I'd like to see that. Dog Day Friday night at UW-Milwaukee Panther Arena downtown. And bowling fans, the World Series of Bowling is coming to Milwaukee. Yeah. Kicks off Saturday with a special event at Holler House. Four o'clock Saturday inside Holler House on those two historic lanes downstairs. It is USA versus the world. Tommy Jones representing mm. America and... The Australian who I was telling you about before, Jason Belmonte, representing the he's, world. He's like the two-handed guy, yes. right? Yeah, These yeah. are big-time bowlers. Yeah, and they're going to bowl a game that will be live-streamed. It's happening live at Holler House. It's such a small place. The tickets are sold out at that tavern, but they're having a free outdoor event with a big screen that you can go hang out and watch this uh, epic, amusing, historic event. Uh, and then tomorrow night's when the qualifying starts for the World Series of Bowling at Bolero Wauwatosa. Pro bowling happening in this city Fun. through April 23rd. I, I miss the days of the old bowling game. Remember that? I do. It, it was on Channel 4. It was like right before or after Wheel of Fortune yeah, aired. Yeah. And it was like at a red carpet bolero, and Hank Stoddard from Channel Absolutely. 4 would just like lead it. And it'd be like, here's uh, Dave, whoever, and he's from Oconomowoc to yep. going up against. Welcome to the show, Dave. Carl, whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. It Very charming. I miss it. I've been in that a few conversations to revive that, but it never quite mm. comes through. But yes, I do remember those days. And with Easter coming, uh, we were talking we to the Easter Bunny, who will be jumping out of a plane at Skydive Milwaukee in East Troy. But a little more down to earth is the Racine Zoo extravaganza. Hop on over to the Racine Zoo, bring your basket for an Easter-themed day of fun, 10 to 4 on Sunday. Collect candy at Cluck Cluck doors throughout the zoo. 
<laughs> Get your photo with the Easter Bunny, and you can decorate eggs and cookies, plus train rides on the Zoo Chew. I'd like to see the Easter Bunny in ice skates. <laughs> and he's jumping out of airplanes. Can Man, I, I, I guarantee that has happened. Well, when, For do sure. A quick search on YouTube. I bet you come up with something. Bunny Easter skates. Easter yeah. bunny ice skates. There you go. Best, Try that I bet one. you're right. Well, a little right. forum at the Racine Zoo for sure on Easter uh, Easter Sunday at the Racine Zoo. If you want more information on any of our What's on Tap events, WTMJ.com. It is 514 at WTMJ. The election was a couple of days ago. Some fresh perspective and interesting takes. Charles Benson, chief political reporter at TMJ4, with us live. Up next. Election was Tuesday, and we're just beginning to really sort out what it meant. Charles Benson is TMJ4's chief political reporter. He's an anchor at TMJ4, and he is with us live this afternoon. Hey, Charles, thanks for being here. Always great to be here. So Janet Protasevich wins easily. I mean, they called the race by 9 o'clock. You've had a chance to dive into the numbers. I've seen some of the work you've done on Channel 4. What was her key to such an easy victory? You know, you can break down this race on demos. You can go look at, uh, you know, turnout, which was, by the way, a record turnout, nearly 1.83 million more people turning out for this election than we have ever seen in a non-presidential primary year. But, John, I really say look to Dane County. What happened in Dane County is just stunning when you look at the results. Dane County is the second largest county in the state. But for Justice-elect Protasevich, it was her number one county in votes. And let me run a few numbers by you. She wins statewide by 200,000 votes. She wins in Dane County by 150,000 votes. So you could almost say she gets three-fourths of that margin just in that county. But here's the other sort of staggering look at this. In Dane County, she gets nearly 20% of her total vote in just one county out of 72 in the state, which is why Dane County has become the powerhouse for Democrats and a problem for Republicans. Charles, to dive off on a couple of points related to that, Dane County is also the fastest growing county in the state of Wisconsin, which is problematic for Republicans. And the demographic shift shows that a lot of people are leaving the collar counties from Milwaukee and moving to Dane County and to the counties that surround Madison. With that said, Republicans have now lost 14 of 16 of the last statewide races. What do they need to do? What do they need to concentrate on to be more competitive? I think they're looking at trying to find that answer as well. I, you know, I look at these uh, statewide races, and generally they're pretty close. Uh, but in this race, you know, to see that kind of margin, double digits, that is so rare. I mean, yes, Tammy Baldwin, U.S. senator, was able to do that in 2018. Uh, and when Republicans do end up winning, like Hagedorn in that time period, he wins in 2019 for a state Supreme Court seat, but does it narrowly by 6,000. The other win is with uh, U.S. Senator Ron Johnson. So they might look, Republicans, to see, well, what did they do? How were they able to accomplish it? And it really then looks into other counties. But there is a demographic change. And I think Republicans are looking at what used to be strongholds for them. 
what we know as the wow counties, Waukesha, Ozaki, and Washington. The Democrats Are the demographics changing, or are people's perception of what they want from the party perception, uh, changing? And I think the Republican Party right now is struggling to figure out what is that that gets them right now in this losing streak after having a significant winning streak starting back to 2010. Charles, you witnessed uh, the demeanor of Dan Kelly's election night speech. Does that do damage to the Republicans in addition? Well, I think Republicans will tell you it didn't help. You know, so I think they look at that and say um, it is what it is, what he said. And I don't think I haven't heard any Republicans agreeing with it. I want to move on to the Senate race. So the 8th District race. Dan Canodal ends up winning by about 1,000 votes, a point and a half, roughly. That means that they maintain a supermajority in the Senate. There's not enough votes in the Assembly to override a veto, so that's not as much in play. But there's been talk often on Charles about possible impeachments of guys like John Chisholm, the DA Milwaukee County, or judges, or others in higher office. Is that a realistic strategy, or what are Republicans saying two days removed from the election? All right. You- I think you used the key word there. Is that a realistic strategy? And I think you heard from the Senate Majority Leader, uh, the Republican, Lemayu, he's saying that's not where they're going right now. There's certainly not something that is on their radar. But you bring up a key point there. Yes, the Senate now has a supermajority. And what that means is there are 33 senators, and now they have 22. So a big issue there or a big win for Republicans would be on legislative issues, that they would have the authority or the power to override the governor on issues where he vetoed. But where they fall short in the Republicans is in the assembly, and they don't have the supermajority there. But if you were going to play out a scenario of where someone was going to be impeached, the Republicans would now have, you could argue, the votes to do it. And simply put, is because if there is an impeachment, it would begin in the assembly, and they would have enough votes there to impeach someone. And as we have seen at the federal level with former presidents, Bill Clinton and Donald Trump, once a person is impeached, it then moves to the Senate, and the Senate now becomes the court. This is where there is the trial. This is where the evidence is argued. And in that situation, you can make the point that there are 22 votes to make a verdict, but that's not saying 22 people actually agree that someone should be impeached. And so I think there's still a huge stretch here on what exactly could happen and what you're hearing here. And I've read some things from Professor Chad Oldfather here. He's a Marquette law professor. talked about this. You know, so it's not just like, hey, I don't like something that somebody did. It has to have corrupt conduct in office or crimes and misdemeanors. You know, you and I, John, were here in 2010 when we saw Uh, Democrats make this huge effort, a million people signed uh, to have Governor Walker recalled. And people saw that as being largely based on a policy decision by the governor. And guess what? When the governor faced the voters again the next time, he got more votes the second time around because there was a prevailing feeling that that isn't the right process to recall someone over 
a policy issue. And I think Republicans will look hard at, is there something here that falls in line with what the statutes say on the issue? Corrupt conduct, crimes and misdemeanors, because if they fall into something else, I think they can get the same kind of pushback that Democrats got in, in, during the recalls. I always feel a little smarter after Charles Benson's been with us. The chief political correspondent at TMJ4. Charles, thank you so much. You're welcome. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. All right, let's bring in meteorologist Brian Nisnansky, who's had a very cool thing going on in Port Washington. Hey, Niz. Yo, what's going on, guys? Yeah, we're in downtown Port Washington. Um, well, one, because it's beautiful. Um, yeah. always, always good in downtown Port Washington. But they're starting this, like, paint-on-port uh, thing going on downtown. It's called Paint on Port, where they're going to be putting up different murals. Now, the first one just went up today. It's uh, from a company called Mural Mosaics, and they put five of these murals across the country. And Port Washington got selected to be the Midwest representation of this. It's super cool. It's made of, like, I think it's 1,800 different tiles that come together. Like, each individual tile was made by a different person with a different theme, whatever, and they piece the tiles together and make this awesome tree mosaic out of it. It's beautiful. It's cool. It's really, really cool. Yeah. Art brings people together, and it's really creative. And I like that the tree in this farmhouse scene kind of represents all of the seasons. I think that's just for you, Niz. Yeah, and that's kind of why we're down here. You know, it does kind of have that outdoor little bit of a weather theme to it. Um, But if you look close at the different tiles, I mean, like, they're all over the place. you got, like, you know, a picture of a cat. Uh, There's a a couple tornado ones I spotted. Um, You know, (laughs) um, each one of those tiles has a different inspiration, but it comes together to make this awesome uh, mosaic downtown in Port Washington. So really cool spot. You ever been to Twisted Willow down in Port Washington uh, restaurant there? Um, it's on the north wall of, of the Twisted Willow restaurant, if, if anybody wants to come check it out. Excellent. We've been in an active pattern, and it seems like it's about to settle down. Is that how you're it feeling is. about things? Yeah, and, and it's uh, it's a long time coming. I mean, we've been active ever since we ended winter with a lot of you know winter storms. We're way ahead of pace on precipitation, so we could use a dry stretch here. I know the farmers are looking for a dry stretch so they can get out there, do some work, get those fields already, maybe even do some planting. Um, again, it's pretty soggy. So thankfully, starting uh, now and through the weekend, for the most part, we're looking at some dry weather. If you have any travels north, maybe as you get up towards Fond du Lac, Sheboygan, Friday night into Saturday, there could be a few showers. But overall, we're looking dry here in southeastern Wisconsin. All right, so lead us through the next five days. What are we looking at? Sure. Yeah, tonight might get a little frosty tonight. Um, we're looking at low temperatures around 32. I think the wind calms down enough that we could see some frost develop, clear skies. Tomorrow, mostly sunny lake breeze kicks in tomorrow. So highs only in the 40s, lakeside, lower 50s, inland here in Port. They'll be probably building igloos. No, it's just always <laughs> Let's hope not. Yeah, no, it, it'll be, you know, struggling to reach 40 here in Port Washington. Uh, Saturday, partly cloudy. A high of 51 in Milwaukee, 57 degrees inland. Easter Sunday, mostly sunny, 58 in Milwaukee, 63 inland. And then Monday, partly cloudy, slight chance of showers and a high of uh, 62 degrees. And then from there, guys, next week, each day, 70 and above. Looks awesome. Excellent. Good stuff. And we see that you've posted that white fox thing, as you describe it, in your tree at home, kind of battling (laughs) those robins. 
Yeah, I posted it on Twitter. Um, it's been a, an all-out effort with the family. And right now I think we have something that's working at least somewhat. Yes. Um, I have to move the things around, which kind of make the Robins, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's been working or, or they've given up one or the other. But, I mean, yeah, it got bad there for a while. I mean, there there it, there's multiple windows, scratch marks everywhere. Wow. Um, hopefully this will... Well, you got it figured out, it looks trip. like. I, say, I like the fact that so. this big-eyed white fox with blue ears is a humane solution. It's not nearly as intimidating as one of those fake owls, but that this is a well, humane yeah. solution. What's kind of wild about that is is we've put up, like, I've, I've gone online and bought some, like, really, like, replica-looking, like, owls, hawks, different <laughs> things, and... Didn't do the trick, but this silly blue-eyed thing that I think I got out of a claw machine for my daughter in the Wisconsin Dells. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. The trick. All right, Niz, we'll catch up with you tomorrow. <laughs> All right, see you guys. Later. All right, Dave Kane joins us live in the studio up next. The play-by-play guy for your Milwaukee Bucks is Dave Kane, and a special treat. Dave is with us in the studio this afternoon. Dave, it's so good to see you. It is great to see you guys, too. And I, I emphasize the word see, not something we get to do yeah. every day here. I like that a lot. So one of the big local stories today was that Joey Chestnut was in town. Yeah. The power eater who took down 14 and a half burritos in 10 minutes. I yeah. mean, the big suckers. Uh Eating. We've been talking a lot about it. Like, what would we eat the most of? How would we do? Sandy did a little competition with our producer here, eating her own burritos today. I was feeble. In a minute and a half, Adam Roberts, our producer, demolished it. Vacuum, inhaled an entire burrito while I got two bites and laughed through the whole thing. So I am not a contender. Do you have the stomach for this? Oh, yeah. No! Are you big eater? Can you take some stuff down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I put it down. So... Uh, maybe not as much as I once did, but yeah, I can, I can put it down. In fact, I remember, uh, going back to my high school days, I, I played tennis. That was my main sport. Right. And so like a buddy of mine, we, we had this really, it was like, we won state, like they won it like 18 years in a row, but we won it like three years in a row. First, we were the first three. So anyway, we had this really good athletes, all this, that, and the other. And so the, our number one player and I go out to, we're going to go have, they had these pizza hut buffets. We're like, all right, yeah. we're going to crush this thing. We're just going to hit this thing. So we like hit. <laughs> It was. I, I think we both had like sixteen pieces or something oh, ridiculous. Wow. And then we come back, and, and our coach is like, "All right, we're doing three miles today after practice." We were like, "No, we're not." <laughs> you <don't laughs> it was you like, want that? "You can say it, but it, it physically it ain't gonna happen." You know. So now, now I can put it down. Now, if I can run three miles after the fact, that's where I think my talent drops. <laughs> but Dave, were you yeah. crazy thirsty after a Pizza Hut buffet? Oh of yeah, sixteen. God I'm... knows what what went on inside my body after that experience. But I lived. To, to talk about it, so I guess that you know you got to get just enough of the uh, of the pepperoni grease on your thumbs if yeah. you play Galaga and Miss Pac Man, right? <laughs> yeah, and we were even str- this was even before because we were even like this was before the competitive eating thing had started to date myself, but like you know we we were strategic about it though. We were like I, I can't have that because we would compete uh-huh. with each other doing this, which was the sick. Thing I think we ended oh, up tying, awesome. so we just decided we agreed that no one was going to win. Sixteen okay. slices, stop. let's call yeah. it a draw. Right. Yeah, they just right. ask you to leave the buffet. Like, I'll <laughs> stop eating if you stop eating. Was kind of how it ended. I think. <laughs> Want to ask you a couple of basketball questions? It's a treat to have you here. Uh, everybody holding their breath after Chris Middleton leaves the game yesterday. He walked back to the locker room on his own. Didn't return. There's two games left. What do we know about Chris Middleton's injury? Well, I mean, right now I know what you all know because I haven't talked to any of those folks around. And honestly, candidly, they are very quiet with that stuff and if they did tell me things i probably wouldn't talk about it anyways but i don't hunt it too much but i'll tell you this much i mean the fact that 
he was able to continue playing, I think gives you a little bit of confidence after the fact. And, you know, we'll see. I, I Obviously, this is something that does raise your eyebrows a little bit because, as we've talked about so many times, I think for teams that have the requisite talent to win a title, the, the biggest key is keeping them healthy, and, and it always is. It was last year. It was the year before that. I mean, the Bucks probably, do they get past the, the Nets if Brooklyn isn't dealing with the injuries they were? Well, they were awfully close to losing even with those guys out. And then the next season, do the Bucks lose to Boston if Chris isn't out? Well, they were awfully close to beating them with Chris out, so I would argue that they probably would have beaten Boston in that series. So, you know, we'll see. I think they're going to need them, though. But I will say this, though. If you do have to get by for uh, hopefully not a long period of time, I think this group, the depth of this team is, is what stands out to me the most. You can talk about all the stars, and they're amazing. You know, you have Giannis, obviously the best player in the world. you got Drew Holiday. you got Brooke Lopez. you got Chris Middleton. But... When you go down that list, I mean, just look at what we've seen the last two games of the guys that can step up when you need them to. Uh, last night, Bobby Portis, you know, he he steps up huge. You're going to need him to do that at points this this postseason for sure. But Wesley Matthews, I mean, we hadn't seen from Wesley for like months, and and I know he'd been sitting there kind of waiting for his time, probably stewing a little bit over that time because these guys are competitors, and that's going to be the challenge for Mike Budenholzer with his group is keeping everybody. You know, happy and playing is one here because not everyone's going to play once you get to the playoffs. Guys are going to have to wait and wait for their moments. But you know, West waits for his. And last night he holds Demar Derozan to three of twelve from the floor, eight points. I mean, are you kidding me? This guy had averaged thirty nine a game against them. And then you know, Joe Ingles has been going off. I think he's shooting fifty two percent from three since after his first thirteen or fourteen games of the season. So. You know, it's it's in Jay Crowder had nineteen two nights ago. The list goes on and on. That's not even talking about Pat Connaughton or, or Grayson Allen, who've both been out. So uh, that depth is going to be important. And I know I just rambled for about twenty minutes after your one question there, but <laughs> I love it. Good stuff. Yeah, I'm filling Good time stuff. here, guys. No, you're doing great. <laughs> uh, it, it is kind of interesting this whole play-in tournament. So the Bucks aren't going to know their first-round opponent until very late next week, and then likely have a game Sunday afternoon or evening at Pfizer Forum against a, an opponent to be determined. In the back of your mind, do you have any sort of rooting interest? I don't know, maybe based upon places you like to travel mm, to. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> right. In front of my mind. Are you kidding me? Could you handpick the Bucks' first-round opponent? Like, how, how would you do that? Toronto, Chicago, yeah. Atlanta, Miami? Uh, you know, I actually like going to New York. Uh, I think it's a long shot that that's going to happen first round. I mean, it could be Series pot- 2. Potentially, yeah, because the Knicks, you know, if they could pull off the upset against Cleveland, I think... Uh, you know, but but yeah, I mean, like I always like going to New York. I think it's fun. Brooklyn, would, you know, Brooklyn, you never know. I mean, it's probably going to be a long shot for Brooklyn to slip that far. But but uh, you know, I mean, that's the great thing about the NBA. There's there's a lot of cool things in most of these cities, but some ones you like more than others for sure. And, and you know, yeah, I look at it from a a, a purely selfish perspective of where I want to be. I, I actually enjoy doing games in Atlanta too, and I know I know people there. So it's where are your friends too? You know, things like sure. that. And where who, who where's you have the best Pizza to? Hut buffet? Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I'll tell you the best Pizza <laughs> buffet, Colorado Springs, Colorado. I think that's the last one I went to. <laughs> yeah, those still a thing. still exists. Yeah, I, John and I had fun in Toronto. I'm not sure that either of us are allowed back there, but uh, we had a great time. Yeah, a we, couple we years tore ago. that place up. It's a fun city. You know, I have I have rarely spent any, so the only times we have played there since I've been on this job over the last two years have been on the second of back to backs. Uh, so I have yeah. not experienced Toronto. I've very, and I had never been there previously. So that's like the one town in the in the league, and we're going to be going there this weekend. I hear great things about it. I kind of hear it's like a cleaner New York. Great restaurant. It is. Big city feel. Loud arena, too, man. Holy smokes. Yeah, and I like our broadcast positioning there. We're Ah. second row, so that's kind of a cool spot. So I wouldn't, yeah, I'd be up for that, too. I, you know, wherever they go, it'll be fun. What is one place in Toronto that if 
they see Greg Matzik and John Mercure coming, they close the doors. Mm. They yeah, wave you away. It, it, Just one. It's a place called Scottabouche, which we thought was a lunch place, but it, uh, yep. it's not. It's very different. It's a little different place. Yeah. yeah. We can't really talk about that. <laughs> I think we're out of time. <laughs> you were, yeah. Scottabouche. Check, please. <laughs> Dave <laughs> Kane, you can check him out on the Call of the Bucks games. It's always good to talk to you. It's such a special treat to have you in the studio. Yeah, Thank you, Dave. cool to see. I know you guys got this view here. I was just saying, you look at all these restaurants here in the yeah. food hall, and I feel like I'm getting ready to eat just sitting here. I, I don't know how you do it all day. Yeah, go tear something up. Yeah. Dave, we'll talk to you soon.